Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome in to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube if you search Picks and Parlays. We're really easy to find and usually the first thing that pops up, so not too hard to find. And we also appreciate your feedback. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me on Twitter, at Chelsea Messenger. Uh, happy Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. It's Monday, September 23rd. September is rolling right along, and we hope your bets did well this weekend. If not, maybe you can double up and win some money tonight on Monday Night Football. That's one of the topics we'll be covering on today's show, along with baseball, more NFL, and, of course, some college football because it's the greatest time of the year when it comes to football. And you do have a little baseball sprinkled in about a week remaining in the regular season, so some of those games are very meaningful. We'll take that into account. Uh, also, not to give myself a pat on the back, but your girl uh, won a 14 parlay this weekend in the NFL. Uh, my husband and I each picked two games that we were, we were the most confident in. And, of course, I picked the two night games. So I spent the entire night miserable, nervous, and anxious. I couldn't even watch the Rams and the Browns game because uh, it was the last team left on our parlay. It won. <laughs> and of course, uh, the second you win, you think to yourself, wow, that was easy. I just put down $25 to win 304. Why don't I do this every weekend? And you forget about how miserable you spent the entire night. But that's how gambling works in my mind. Do you have any superstitions? Uh, anything that you like doing when you gamble? Uh, let us know. Hit us up on Facebook or on Twitter with any of your wild superstitions. Uh, it was a, a crazy week in the NFL. Uh, backup quarterbacks had a great weekend. In fact, they were 6-1 and one against the spread. Uh, that is, if you include Josh Rosen, who... I guess you could call him a backup, uh, but not so much uh, as opposed to some of those other guys. Teddy Bridgewater came up big with a win uh, on the road against the Seahawks. And then uh, Daniel Jones, he looked good. Uh, so a great week for them. And, of course, Gardner Minshew and his mustache. When we come back from the break in our first segment, we talk baseball and Monday night football here on Picks and Parlays Radio. Stick with us after the break. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're really easy to find. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger, on this Monday afternoon. We've got Sean Higgs joining us right now. Sean, how was your weekend? Uh, again, you know, I hit my big plays. I'm happy about that. My, t my big plays came in. Uh, Washington and college football world BYU had the Vikings at my top 10 star in NFL and you know my big plays eight and four and one in college five and two for the season NFL but everything else I just can't catch a break my totals NFL 0 and 6 so I'm done with totals 
done with totals. Uh, <laughs> and that, otherwise, you know, you get rid of that and things are looking up. But I, listen, three weeks down, I've learned my lesson. My total numbers are not where they're going to be. I'm not going to be playing those anymore. Otherwise, though, best bets, 10 stars, short shots, they've all been hand, so I'm happy about that. I'm just going to key in on my top plays now and move on. So it's about adjusting. So, listen, I'm happy, but, you know, you have Houston on Thursday night and you get that Hail Mary. You have FIU and you get an onside kick coming back the other way. I got Texas muffing a punt with three minutes to go instead of icing the game. That's a loser. I got Washington State up 35 or 40 to 15 or whatever it is over UCLA. You know, so I've had my share of bad ones. It's time to turn the page. Right. Your luck's got to change sometime. And you've yeah. got to remember. You get a couple of those, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's the long game. Like, it's a long season. Yeah. You've got plenty of time to have some good weeks. Yeah, like I said, the bigger ones come in, so I'm happy about that. So it is, it's gambling. If it was easy, right. and, you know, I knew the future would be stealing. So we know it's not that easy. And especially college football, because as you mentioned, so many crazy things seem to happen in college football, like that uh, Tulane game uh, with the fake kneeling. That was wild. I mean, I, mean, I had Tulane, but I was busy, uh, miserable watching the Titans game, so I didn't even get to see that one hit. <laughs> Although that's what makes college a lot of fun to watch, though, because it's not, you know, right. there's always some kind of excitement. They're kids. It's not perfect. Not that the NFL's perfect by any sense of the means, but, you know, you get a lot more excitement, crazy plays in college. makes it fun. And right. Saturday night games were totally out of control. Like they were just it's a wild, wild affair. All right, we've got to get to our picks. Let's start with baseball because there's only eight games left in the season. The Phillies and the Nationals, and it's crunch time for the Phillies. Uh, they're six games back out of the wild card with eight games remaining. Uh, you do the math. They need to win some games. Uh, Zach Eflin on the mound, 9-12, 4 ERA against Pat Corbin of the Nationals, who's been really good this season and especially good at home. He has the fourth-best ERA uh, in the big leagues with a two-flat ERA. Uh, thoughts on this one? Well, you know, I like the under here. I can't – we have five games tonight, and half of them are laying 200, you know, or all of them are basically laying that except for the, uh, the, the Cardinals. So – I, I'm going to lean to the under here simply because you mentioned Corbin at home, very good. Actually, Eflin, his last few starts against Washington, three this season, 150 ERA. Both teams still fighting for this playoff spot, so maybe some tightness on both sides. I'm going to go with the under here. Uh, that's the only way I go. I'm not going to lay 200, and, you know, the Phillies have been pretty much a bust all year, so let's go under the nine. All right, let's move on to the Red Sox and the Rays. The Red Sox, I believe, are eliminated because uh, they're 10.5 games back. With eight games left to play, you do the math. Uh, Rays are 92 and 64, tied for the second wild card. Blake Snell on the mound tonight, uh, only supposed to pitch three to four innings since he is coming off the IL. And it's Chassin on the mound for the Red Sox, who's three and 11, the 5.66 ERA. Uh, what's your pick? I'm looking at the run line here. I see it's basically even money, maybe plus 105, and that's as you said, Snell's only got a few innings. But I don't really think that's a problem because Tampa is one of those. We throw a starter or an opener out there or whatever for two or three innings. So this fits into their game plan. Um, I also like the over eight and a half here because they've actually owned Boston lately. Six and one last seven over them. Four the last five have gotten over in the series here. Um, Boston could still hit whether they mail it or not. Young kids come up. Tampa's still in it. Eight and a half looks pretty low considering that Boston's been a bust all year. That bullpen's been terrible. So I'm going to go right in the half with Tampa and on the over eight and a half. I think that's a little low because Tampa can hit the ball. They're, the 92 wins, they're a good team. They're a good team. 
And they are at home. Uh, rolling right along to Monday Night Football. Bears, Redskins, Bears favored by five in this one. Total sits at 41. Uh, it's a low number, but it, it looks a little juicy considering the Bears have only scored 19 total points, one touchdown uh, through two games. But the Redskins, on the other hand, have given up 63. Uh, play on this one. Well, we touched on this briefly on Friday. So, you know, I kind of like the five. It's been up a four and a half. I actually saw a six pop up a little bit here with the skins as a home dog. I, I, as many as my totals have been, I like the under here. I'm going to tell you. So either fade it, probably fade it since I'm on six. Bears have struggled on offense, but I don't know if Washington's as good as the Denver or even the Green Bay defense. Coming off two division games, I think this is actually like an easier game for them, believe it or not. I know Chicago's defense travels well, but I like the Redskins here. Uh, until Chicago could score, even against a Washington team that's given up like 30 points a game, again, you're playing familiar foes. I still like the under here at 41. Uh, are you taking a side? Did you say you like the Redskins? Is it- I, like, I like the Redskins, yeah. I'm, I, you know, money line them up. I think everybody's going to be – well, listen, I had, I had the Rams last night thinking everybody was all <laughs> You backpedaled there. <laughs> I, I mean, I had the Browns and everybody was over Rams. I like them, but I'm going to tell you how I do. You know, I, I, I like the Browns last night. I thought it was a good play. When the world's on the other side, like as the money comes in, like today coming on the Bears, I'm going to love my dog even more, especially an ugly dog, a team like the Redskins who people think are going to be a bad team. They have a, a six-win total or something like that on the season. So I'll take – if I'm getting six points, and I'm sure I'll probably come up another tick or so, hopefully we get six, six and a half before we get a good buyback on the home dog. Give me the home dog in the NFL. Right. To be fair, the Redskins – uh, they played good teams, and I believe it depends on the number you got with the Eagles game. They lost 32-27, so it depends on the number that you've got. But they've come close to covering in their games, at least. Yeah, they, 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 they got the back door, and they played well against the Eagles to start the game. You know, they were winning, what was that, 17 To start the game. game, key words. Right. Second yeah, half, you know what? not they so were, much. Yes, but the, the thing is they're not supposed to be good. So you jump out at home on the road against a team that's supposed to be a Super Bowl contender – that's pretty good. The Bears, let me see them, let me see the Bears fall behind 17 nothing on the road and come back. Good luck I'm, with that. I'm just wondering about this Bears offense because to start the season when we did all of our preview shows, uh, Mitch Trubisky was one of the, the dark horse contenders for MVP. A lot of people liked him uh, as a value play, and he has not looked like that so far. Throw, I mean, what were you going to throw? Maybe 20 touchdowns this year? I mean, they, 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 Lessen the offense for him this post in the preseason. We talked about it. He didn't even play in the preseason. Hi, let's not play our franchise quarterback in the preseason and shorten the playbook. Yeah, that's a recipe for winning. I mean, unbelievable. And then let's have seven running backs. Let's just keep drafting running backs, and that makes our quarterback better. <laughs> and they all seem to be it, under it, like five six. Is that just me, or are the Bears running back all running backs all really short? Was <laughs> it Tariq uh, Cohen? Listen, the Doritzkin defense is not bad. I mean. He, Again, you're playing division team. They're familiar with you and stuff like that, so you get exposed a little more. I'm thinking they're going to win tonight. I I really like them to win the game. I like the points, but I'm not high on the Bears. Everybody's high on the Bears. It's not last year. The defense is good, but it's not going to be that great every single game. They're going to take a step back. It's going to happen here. When you're a bad team and you're on prime time, you got something to prove. We've seen it on these Thursday night games, these bad teams coming out to, to, to ball out. So I'm expecting the same here on Monday night. And it seems some of these primetime games have been low scoring. Yeah, well, I mean, one, the Thursday night games are always low scoring. That's uh, with the exception of uh, we get a rarity thrown in there. But, I, you know, I'm not a big fan of Thursday night games. 
they're just I miss sure the color rush. Guys are, <laughs> the color rush uniforms. <laughs> just, just because listen, you just throw it know. all in, it's a, a dumpster fire. <laughs> it's and why can't they? I mean, I guess you can't flex out of these Thursday night games, but I mean, we got Steelers and Bengals, two struggling teams coming up on Monday night. I mean, I guess we get a decent one with the Thursday night game with Eagles and Packers and Cowboy Saints, but some of these games. I mean, I know this dude's schedule ahead of time. We get a whole lot of, of Browns action this year. Let's hopefully they turn around because everybody's been so high on them. Again, Browns like the Bears. Do something. Let's go. Everybody's high on you. Now you got the target on your back, Chicago. Same with the Browns. Prove it. Prove it to me on the road here. I don't think you deserve to be a favorite of five or six points. Give me the ugly home dogs. The ugly day. home dogs. <laughs> I'm sure like the Redskins it. appreciate being called that. Yeah. And Jay, Jay Gruden it, it, needs to win some games. If he wants to keep his job. All right, good stuff from Sean Higgs. As always, when we get back from the break, we are talking NFL opening lines and college football opening lines here on Picks and Parlays Radio. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. It is Monday, September 23rd, and we've got Craig Trapp joining us to talk a little opening line action. Hello, Craig. Excited to be back, of course, back in Vegas uh, for two <laughs> weeks. And uh, anytime I'm here, of course, that just makes all the betting that much better for me. And excited about uh, both Monday Night Football tonight and uh, week four to get some big matchups. Right. Let's talk about some of these lines, where they've opened, where they've moved. Uh, what are some of the ones that have stood out to you? Well, the big one was Thursday night game coming up, of course, first. The Eagles-Packers, that line opened at three, all the way up to five now. With, of course, the Eagles really struggling so far this year. And the Packers looking extremely good. I, I think this one's an interesting line movement that much this soon. All right. Uh, what are some other things you've noticed when this uh, opening line came? Uh, opening line report came out. Is there anything else that kind of jumped out at you? Well, most of the other big move, line moves had to do with all these backup quarterbacks, of course. Most of them playing against this week, which we can't, got the news early in this week, of course, that Cam Newton's going to be out again. So that Panthers line went from four at the Texans. Now it's five. All right, so has that one that one shouldn't have moved, in my opinion. Kyle Allen looked good. Yeah, but it's perception. This is just public <laughs> perception, and the, right. the bets are going to come in because the Texans looked really good at um, at the Chargers last week. So that you know you have that dual thing that the right. The Chargers, it's not just one aspect. The, yeah, you win on the road in the NFL, you get a lot of credit, and Houston looked good, and then the Panthers, even though they look good, you don't have the big name, of course, quarterback in Cam Newton, even though he had, was not good in the first two, and Kyle Allen was very good last week. Right. Uh, we've talked about backup quarterbacks having a great week. 6-1 uh, and one against, the against the spread, if you count jo Josh Rosen. Excuse me. Uh, so how do you take that information and use it in a way uh, for smart betting? Well, last week we talked about it in the rapid fire segment that I thought that the backup quarterback quarterbacks in the first time out would do fine, and they did. But week two, now you got all that film out, and these defensive corners are going to spend all week raking through that, and they're going to find the weaknesses, and you're going to see those guys have a much tougher time this week. And I think they won't, they, they're not going to go 6-1 and one this week, I can guarantee that. One that uh, could be an interesting matchup, another big line movement, Cowboys at the Saints, which, of course, Teddy Bridgewater has plenty of experience, but that line opened at Cowboys minus 1.5, and, and now they're minus 3 on the road in very tough New Orleans. 
Right. Yeah, I thought the Saints looked really good on the road uh, at Seattle, even though Pete Carroll, bless his heart, got hit in the face with a football. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be tough to coach after that. You, you lose you lose, and you get hit in the face, so it's like double whammy. And, you know, the other big play is, of course, the two big teams in the AFC North uh, right now, Browns and the Ravens, or at least the Browns coming into the season were supposed to be uh, the team to beat, haven't been so so far. Uh, Browns opened as a five-point underdog. Now it's all the way up to seven. Uh, with, of course, even the Ravens losing this past week in Kansas City. Right. And in the Browns, their schedule doesn't get any easier. So that's going to be a, a problem, I think, for Freddie Kitchens, how he handles adversity. And some of the play calling was questioned in last night's game. And Baker Mayfield said it's all about execution. But I think the play calling matters, too. It was offensive line play was very poor last night. But, you know, the Rams, obviously, Donald is a beast. Right. Uh, you know, the Ravens. They have a good defense, but I don't think they have uh, as good as defense as the Rams. Granted, it's on the road. So, but this is, I won't say a must win for Cleveland, but if you want to win this division, if you go one and three and Ravens are three and one, going to be a pretty hard battle uh, to get back and beat the Ravens. In right, especially when you were so hyped up to enter the season, because it's one thing if this was the Browns of the past, uh, but it's not. It's the Browns that were expected to not be a contender yes. in the Super Bowl. And Baker Mayfield had all these accolades, uh, but now he's looking at a stat line where he has more interceptions than touchdowns. Offensive line plays an issue. They're going to have to fix that because he's backing up on every play. He's, it's like a fadeaway right. three-point shot. You know, the, the percentage is going to go way down. <laughs> the Kobe Bryant shot. Exactly. It's, it's like, not a high percentage it's, shot. It's not a high percentage <laughs> shot in basketball. It's even worse as a quarterback. Uh, so I think they're going to have to fix their offensive line play if the Browns have any chance of turning this around. Also, don't forget this week we have the first week of bye week. we got the 49ers and the Jets on a bye this week. So obviously it doesn't have a whole lot to do with the lines this week, but it will for next week. All right, so let's move on to college football opening lines. Uh, what are some of the lines that have jumped out to you, some of the movements we've seen, and uh, maybe some of these bets you'd want to jump on early? Well, the biggest line movement that I saw that was surprised this week was Iowa State at Baylor. Baylor opened this line up at 3.5 as favored at 3.5. Now Iowa State's favored by 2.5. So when you go through uh, zero, that is a huge line movement, and still there's still some juice there. So I actually think this one's probably going to end up with Iowa State at favorite at three. That's a pretty big line movement, especially for a team on the road here. All right, so let's talk about some of these games this weekend and how they might have affected some of the lines. Uh, we saw big performances from Auburn. Some people said Georgia proved that they were the best team in the country, and I don't see it. I don't think they proved enough against Notre Dame. Uh, I thought Notre Dame's defense looked pretty good. Uh, have any of those games affected the lines? Not really. Those had very, very minor line movements. The biggest, probably, I would say the biggest line movement as far as teams that were very impressive this last week was Wisconsin. They hosted right. Northwestern this week, which really struggled at home and lost to Michigan State. That line moved from 21 as opening line to now 24. That's a pretty big number, even um, as impressive as Wisconsin has been. That's a big number in the Big Ten. Right. Statistically, Wisconsin has been the most impressive team uh, probably in all of college football despite playing some quality teams uh, in Michigan, which do we call them a quality team? Do we call well, the Harbaugh a quality coach? They're still, they're still ranked in the top 25, but I think that is perception only. We have not seen it this year on the field. We have not seen it uh, in Harbaugh, to be honest, uh, since he's been at Michigan. So. Right. It's hard to say that there's anybody but Wisconsin and Ohio State in the Big Ten right now. Right. Uh, also, Virginia, did you watch that game? They were falling to Old Dominion. 
that was one of the sharp plays, actually. I played that one. Uh, they were trailing in the first half against Old Dominion, so it'd be interesting. Look ahead. That was a look ahead game because, of course, Virginia plays at Notre Dame this week. So right. maybe the biggest game in Virginia's um, in the last maybe, what, 15, 20 years. So that's a big matchup and, and big for Notre Dame, too, because you can't lose back-to-back weeks. Even though they looked very good at Georgia, if they follow it up and lose to Virginia this week, man, I'm not saying the season's over, but the season's over. I don't think they lose because I think Notre Dame, had it been a neutral site, I think that would have been a different ball game. Potentially. True, true or false? I, I, I thought Georgia really kind of did what they wanted, but Georgia played awful. The first half they played so conservative and really gave confidence to Notre right. Dame. And, and so, that you know, the other, I, the other one that we uh, see big line movement is also Oklahoma, which, of course, has looked unbelievable again to start right. the year. That line, um, with Texas Tech quarterback out, Bowman's out. That line moved from 23 as an open number to 27. So we're seeing some really big numbers from the top 10 teams lane this week. Right, and we can't uh, forget LSU has been really dominant as well. Uh, Wisconsin, those seem to be the teams. Alabama has been impressive as well, but not as impressive, and they haven't really played anybody uh, compared to some of these other teams at the top. The, the one team we didn't mention yet, also the only team in the Pac-12 uh, Pac that can win it all still because they're undefeated, Arizona State at Cal this week. That line moved from three and a half to five. Cows looked really good. Of course, the win at Washington a few weeks back. And then last week, that was a big trap game at Ole Miss. And, uh, you know, had to sweat it out at the end zone, but they did do just enough. Wait, did Arizona State lose? Uh, yeah, well, they've lost, yes. There's only one team undefeated in, in the Pac-12, and it is Cal. Oh, I thought you said Arizona State. Sorry, Cal. Cal oh, okay. I was going to say, I was like, I, Arizona State did not win. <laughs> no, they did not win. But they did have the big win. Now it really looks good with Michigan State looking so good at Northwestern. That that win looks even better. So this Cal Michigan win Michigan really State good. lost that game. Arizona State did not win it. We only go by the final score. <laughs> like, but Cal, they're number 15 now. This would be a quality win. Uh, you know, depending on who loses in front of them, you, you could see Cal in the top 10 after this week. I know. Did you see that going into it? No. No, I literally, we talked about, we thought Utah would be the one team from that conference and they stubbed their toe against USC, even though they played, I thought outplayed them, but once that again, was a frustrating score. game to watch if you had money on it. Yes, very, <laughs> fr especially when the backup, when you get to the third string quarterback, like first series, you're like, we're pretty good here. I and know. then they just were throwing jump balls the whole game. The other line, Wake Forest at BC line moved from three to BC favored by seven. So that's an interesting matchup because, of course, the ACC is kind of winnable this year outside of Clemson. Well, the Atlantic division is already yes. spoken for with Clemson. Yes. But the other side, it's always up for grabs. I think last year was Pitt that won. Yes, it was Pitt last year. Uh, it's been a different Miami, winner almost every year for the past five years. The other side of the conference is they should just play. They, Clemson should get to go to play in the national championship in the – and the other four should just play in like a round robin because that's right. that's how close those teams are. And uh, the other big line movement is actually went down. Duke at Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech opened at seven. As bad as they've been, this line is three now. So that's hmm. kind of a surprise. Usually at this time of the week, uh, we see these line movements go way up. Um, other than, of course, Iowa State, uh, this one moved down. All right, we've got a couple minutes left. Uh, thoughts on this Monday night football game since we've got you here. Well, my top play tonight is up for sale, picksandparleys.net. I like the uh, side in this one. Uh, I'm sorry, I like the total in this one, but I'm going to give you the side. I do think, I know Sean liked Washington. I just don't see it. I, a team that's given up 30 points in back-to-back -back weeks against a Bears team that doesn't give up a whole lot of points, I just think the Bears are the better team. And I'm not saying it's a must-win but this time of the year, but this is a, a, an important one. You lose to Washington, that's going to be one of the bottom five teams in the league. 
it's going to be a rough season. The Bears win this game. I think they cover tonight. I think the Bears offense has to get better at some point because, to their credit, they have played two decent offenses or defenses, excuse me, in the Packers and the Broncos. And, I mean, they've got to get better, right? They've got to have a breakout game, and the Redskins defense isn't good. You're facing one of the worst. If it's not this week, Trubisky needs to be benched, and they need to be going in a different direction. Or we have six. We had six backups this week start, some of them, of course, due to injuries. Maybe this should be number seven, if not next week, because the Bears, their defense is too good to be dealing with a quarterback displayed as poorly as he has. Right. Him and Marcus Mariota, that's the question, because, you know, I'm a Titans fan, and everybody's talking about Tannehill now, uh, which when I was covering the Dolphins, people would boo him at training camp. So if Tannehill's your option at Tennessee, <laughs> it's going to be a long season, Chelsea. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't think they're going to switch. I think they have to stick with Mariota at least a couple more weeks. Um, but, you know, the problem in the NFL, you get to, you know, then it won't matter if you if you wait too long. I know. If you wait to week six and you're two and four, it doesn't really matter. Right. All right. Well, that's our opening line reports for college football and NFL. When we get back from the break, we talk college football on Bigs and Parlays Radio. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger, Tony T in the house in Vegas. How was your weekend? Very good. Uh, my college football big play hit with uh, Colorado. I kind of traded money with the premiums, but NFL was pretty sharp. Uh, had a really good uh, Thursday with the under, then coming in 3-1 uh, and one, uh, with the Rams, my big play winner on uh, Sunday. Not bad. I sweat it like you did. <laughs> <laughs> As we mentioned on the opening segment, I'm very superstitious, and I could not even watch the Rams and the Browns game because it was the last of my parlay. Uh, it did hit, but I couldn't watch it. Yeah, the Rams <laughs> offense, uh, but the defense put good pressure on Baker Mayfield. I came away really impressed with the Rams defense. I wouldn't know because I didn't watch it because uh, I was just miserable. Uh, I took a bath. Uh, <laughs> well, the thing is, is the Colorado-Arizona state line I could not understand. I saw eight and a half, I saw seven and a half, and of course that was, we talked about that on the, on the uh, college football, on the uh, quick picks that we had. Right. And uh, I don't understand what people were saying. I, I blame the betters because that line moved to seven and a half to eight and a half, and uh, it just made no sense to me. Arizona State doesn't have any offense. Uh, well, those people clearly didn't watch the game against Michigan State because they just saw a quality win over Michigan State, which obviously is a big win, but they didn't see how they did it. Michigan State lost it because they had 12 men on the field, uh, made a field goal, it was canceled out, and then they missed the field goal. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if you give credit to Arizona State for that. No, and then also <laughs> that game, those games on the Pac-12 network against Kent, they're non-conference games, they weren't very impressive you know, offensively. Pac-12's had a rough go of it. They have a rough go, but they get a little better. We saw Cal go into Ole Miss and get the victory, and I like I liked Cal in that game, and I'm not really high on Ole Miss. And, of course, we saw Washington clobber BYU, and I like right. We had really good the, the rapid-fire picks on college football and NFL. have been really good for me this year. Yeah, all right, so let's dive into this week. Let's start with the Thursday night game. Navy-Memphis. Uh, Memphis favored by 12 I didn't see a total on this one yet. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to look at the total here for you. Right, right now we have Navy uh, and Memphis. It's Memphis laying 10 and a half in this game. Oh, now, 10 so and we, a half. We've seen some I money coming, on, coming 56. in. Uh, 56 is the total. I'm going to need help with the totals here. So, yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm staying away from the total here. I'm going to take Navy plus the 10 and a half in this contest. Now, these teams have met the last four seasons. Notre Dame has covered, I should say, uh, Navy has covered three of them. There's been one push. Last year, Navy's team was down. But they, they went 22-21 against Memphis. And this year, they look to be on the upswing. 
uh, with two really big wins, coming off a nice victory against uh, uh, East Carolina, 42-7. to And I'm really impressed with their senior quarterback, Malcolm Perry. Uh, he's a dual threat. He can actually mm -hmm. throw the football in a triple option. Yeah, that's really helpful in a triple option because some of these triple option teams, they've really presented problems for some of these big schools. But when it comes to the two-minute drill at the end of these games, when you're hoping that they cover, they can't throw the ball. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Perry is someone who can, who can throw the ball. And if you need, him to, need help there, I think, I think Navy's a solid play. And, of course, Memphis, you know, that win against Ole Miss doesn't look – as sharp anymore because uh you know Ole Miss hasn't looked good Ole Miss is not we talked about the Arkansas game last week when we talked about that game Arkansas is not a very good team we saw what happened they lose to San Jose State of all teams. right unbelievable so I don't give uh, Ole Miss much credit for that and of course they're losing to Cal so that Memphis team may not be as sharp as people think they are it's surprising the Memphis defense actually has looked pretty good only giving up uh 10 points 24 and 6. Yeah, it is, but it has the the competition has been very, very very tough. Now they're entering the teeth of the schedule. We'll see how they do. Right, and Navy's going to run the football a whole lot because that's what happens in a triple option. Yeah, and it, it keeps the possessions down. It keeps the scores down. And you're getting ten and a half. And time points. of possession, you can really run down a, a defense, which is what I think Georgia almost did against Notre Dame. Yeah, that Georgia Notre Dame game. We talked about that. I thought Notre Dame was able to handle the physical pressure from Georgia because they played them early in the season, not late right. like they usually do. When we see Nord when we see Notre Dame fail is at the end of the season after they played that really tough schedule. They're, they're physically worn, but they were fresh and they were able to withstand that challenge. So you like Navy uh, to cover in this one? I like Navy to cover this game. Definitely plus the ten and a half. Get it before it gets under ten, by the way, because I think that line will continue to move. Right, and Navy is two and zero. Oh. Uh, they've covered easily in both as a favorite. Yeah, and they put over 40 points a game. I know that game against the FCS opponent is much, but East Carolina, they got some points on them, so I think they can run the ball. And they've had success in the past against Memphis. So Memphis is high a high power team with a lot of offense, not a very good defense. Right. Notre Dame, I uh, should say Navy, has been able to handle them. And they don't have Tony Pollard anymore, who was pretty good for the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that is true. All right, let's Henderson, move. who's now with the Rams, too, both of the running backs. Yeah, they had some talent uh, last season on Memphis. Let's move on to Penn State at Maryland, at number 12, Penn State, favored by six in this one. Uh, not seeing a total yet. If anyone has one, throw it out. <laughs> but, but, yeah, the number we're looking at right now uh, is Penn State minus six. You like it? Well, I like, the, I like taking Maryland here at, at the plus six or seven. There are some, there's some conflicting lines up there. So early in the week, we're going to see some, some variances in the lines here. But I like the Terrapins offense, averaging 537 yards a game. And their uh, quarterback, Joshua Jackson, you know, who's a transfer from Virginia Tech, he looks really good at home. I'm not sure about this Penn State team. I, I don't know what they are. Um, they're inexperienced, first-year quarterback there. And, of course, that win against uh, Pitt, 17-10, there wasn't a lot of points. And, that game against, and they didn't cover. They didn't cover. And that game against Buffalo, that first half was just really mind-boggling. I mean, Buffalo was not Well, they came team. back. To their credit, they had a great monster second half. But. They were aided to victory by Buffalo mistakes, too. So we have to look at that as well. But, yeah, that was, that was a question mark for me there with Penn State. But I, I think Maryland's moving in the right direction. I like them plus the points in this one. And, of course, I'm not a big fan of the quarterback here at Penn State. Uh, who's a sophomore quarterback, Sean Clifford. He's only completing 58% uh, of his passes, and it was only 46% accuracy against Pitt. All right, the issue I have with Maryland is everybody was high on their offense the first two games of the season. They scored 79 and 63, but then they laid an egg against Temple. Yeah, they did not have a good game at Temple. Temple, good defensive team, but that was on the road. Let's see if we can get that home form to come through for us. 58, 58 is our total. You like that? Juicy? Uh, <laughs> Juicy or not? <laughs> that's, I'm going to stay off the total right now. 
All right, let's go to Virginia and Notre Dame. Notre Dame, of course, coming off that big game against Georgia in which it depends on the number you had. I think they covered 23-17 for most people. Uh, Virginia is 4-0, and but um, their, win their big wins coming against Pitt and Florida State. How do you like them in this one? I like the points here with Virginia plus 11. You know, the Cavs off to a 4-0 start. You know, they went on the road already. This will be their second road game. They beat Pitt 30-14. to and uh, they're getting an accuracy from the quarterback Bryce Perkins, 65% uh, completion rate, actually 67% completion rate, a senior quarterback coming back. And one thing about this um, game with Notre Dame, they're coming off that physical game against Georgia. Now you're going to have to place another physical team in Virginia. I think there's going to be an issue there for, um, uh, uh, for Notre Dame in this game. I like the points plus 11. Right, Notre Dame, as we mentioned, that was a really physical game. I think almost the game plan for Kirby Smart was to wear down uh, that defense because they were really conservative. They yeah. were really conservative. I know they have a good run game, but Jake Fromm, he was just throwing the shortest passes I've ever seen. It, it was wild to me, I thought. Yeah, that's when you think. A lot of the SEC teams are so big, bigger than everybody else. They think right, they up, just, front. up front that they can just win with the physical game. And they think back, well, Notre Dame, you know, they get always blown out in these type of games. But like I mentioned last week, it happens at the end of their season. But early on, uh, you know, Notre Dame still is a physically strong team, and they held, them, held with them. And it was only 2019, a few years ago, when they met uh, Notre Dame in Georgia at, at Notre Dame. So uh, Notre Dame showed they can, they can play with them, at least early in the season. What did you see from Ian Book uh, this week that you liked? Yeah, yeah Ian Book. Uh, or well, didn't like. Yeah, I mean, again. It's going to be, it's, with these quarterbacks, it's going to be week to week with them. Um, you know, their run game is going to be important, I think, for the fight in Irish here. But I think what's going to happen is it's going to be the Virginia defense. I think the Virginia defense is, is experienced. They've had, they're giving up like 20 points a game the past couple of seasons with Bronco Mendenhall. Mendenhall will have a game plan. Remember, Mendenhall is no stranger to the big game. Remember with, with BYU, he would schedule big opponents with, with the Cougars, and he had success. I think uh, with Mendenhall's coaching, of course, I'm not going to put, put much stock in their game a week prior. Of course, they still got the win. But, again, I think they'll be ready for this one. What scares me is a slow start. Because if you go on the road to Notre Dame and have another slow start like they get, did against Old Dominion, Old Dominion was leading 17 nothing. They were. But to Virginia's credit, they came back, fought hard, and got the win. So, again, they, they made the adjustments. Against Old Dominion, Against though. Old Dominion, <laughs> which Old Dominion did pull an upset last year against um, Virginia Tech. They've had given Tech some problems the past several seasons. But, again, We've seen this a lot with teams when they kind of overlook their opponent, especially it's a non-conference game, right. waiting for the big game against Notre Dame. They don't want to show too much. And that's right. what happens again. You know, these coaches, they don't want to show too much for the opponent coming up. We know Notre Dame is a big circle game for the Virginia program. It's not one of those elite ACC programs. So this Notre Dame game takes even more importance. Right. Um, Notre Dame is ranked 10th. Do you think that's too high or too low? Because Notre Dame traditionally gets a lot of credit from the media. Uh, just a big public team. Well, I, I think... A, a six-point loss on the road is not going to hurt them too much. I mean, there's still an outside chance they can actually run the table, and maybe if things fall right for them, they can get back in the playoff picture. Remember, there's four teams in the playoffs, so I wouldn't write off Notre Dame just yet uh, because it was a quality, a quality loss to opponent on the road. Right. Um, 11 points is a lot in college football. We've seen some of these garbage-time touchdowns, uh, and that's got to be a factor as well. It's got to be a factor, especially with, with uh, Virginia's senior quarterback in Perkins, who's been accurate. He's been there before, and you got a really good defense there with Virginia. Talking about garbage touchdowns, you also got to worry about that from Notre Dame offense. Can Virginia get off the field against Notre Dame, which I think they can. And again, if you're down, you know, the game can land 8, 9, even 10, and you win no matter who wins the game if you're on the Virginia side. Something that stood out to me, Notre Dame 
only had 14 rush attempts against Georgia. Yeah, and I think that's what we talked about, seeing the physical presence there from Georgia. Maybe they wanted to throw the ball more to mm -hmm. have to avoid that, um, you know, gain of one, gain of two. Right. When you're getting down in distance against a team like Georgia, that's a place you don't want to be. Maybe spread them out a little bit. I think that was the appropriate game plan. It worked because you cashed it if you had uh, uh, Notre, uh, Notre Dame and kept right. in the game. Right, and they, had, uh, they used their tight ends really well. They used that size mismatch to their advantage. Uh, they didn't win, but, I mean, Georgia with those lights – did you see Ian Buck, Book trying to warm up with the strobe lights? Yeah, it's <laughs> they get away with that it. That was tough. I know. I know. Uh, I know Alabama has those lights as well, so they'll be using those further down the season when they eventually play a good team uh, and they play a night game. That's absolutely good. Now, now I'm going to ask you this question: Did you stay up and watch the UCLA game in Washington State? No, I didn't. You did not stay up. Okay. Oh no, no, I did. It was the 63. Yeah, 60, yeah, I 69. watched the end of it. Amazing. Chip Kelly didn't deserve a win, though. Oh, of course. When your defense gives up 66 points, you don't deserve a win. But there's been some craziness in the Pac-12. We see USC pull out a win with a third-string quarterback. Now, we talked about the air raid offense. It's kind of a plug-and-play offense where you can just right. kind of bring in a second or third string in, in there. there. And it works. You know, and it worked to USC's advantage. They finally got the right. Just throw a jump ball. Like you said, there seemed to be a size Golly. advantage for the Trojans receivers against the Utah uh, secondary. But uh, we'll see how Utah has a game against Washington State uh, this coming week. That's going to be an interesting one to see. Speaking of unpredictable, did you see Chip Kelly putting up that many points? No, <laughs> especially in the third quarter when it was 49-17. How in the world does it become 69-66? Unbelievable special teams, mistakes. Un incredible that UCLA was able to pull that game off. And uh, I'm, still sh I'm just still shaking my head over it. I mean, that was yeah. like the definition of Pac-12 after dark. Yes. Maybe. Like, people have these preconceived notions of some of these conferences and... That was a wild one. Well, especially the week before <laughs> when you expected all those points with Texas Tech and Arizona and turned into a dud. There was right. a lot of points scored. Now you're finally getting here with UCLA and Washington State. But uh, It so was similar to that Kansas game because yeah. before that, Les Miles had no offense. That's true. And then out of nowhere, he scores like 50. Yeah. And, of course, we got a good one coming up with USC going into Washington. That has the Huskies favored by nine. And now suddenly the Pac-12 uh, – uh, you know, race is becoming very interesting because I've right. always said before, these teams in the Pac-12 focus solely on the Rose Bowl. I don't think they really care so much about the uh, playoff, to be honest with you. They really want to get to the Rose Bowl. So you, you got to kind of uh, not, not pay attention too much to their non-conference play, like that loss to, you know, to BYU. Their focus right. is, is strictly on getting in the Rose Bowl. Right. It should be interesting down the stretch. Uh, and with Oregon's got a big one coming up, too. Oh, yeah, Oregon's got some, some, some big games coming up. Of course, they got past Stanford. Now, that was yeah. a tough because they've always had trouble with Stanford, but they were able to cover a double-digit spread on the road, which was an impressive win for me. Right. I think that was an easy one, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Those are the best ones when you don't have to sweat. Keep an eye on SMU. That's a team we talked about earlier. Oh, they start won. The season. They're TCU. winning and covering. Sonny Dykes, second year with the program, with experience, and I think this, uh, this SMU team is one to look at. All right. We've got to wrap it up. That's our college football talk. We're back after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline at Broadcast Network. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me every day on Twitter at Chelsea Messenger is my handle. And also check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. We stream the show live every weekday, 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern, if you want to tune in that way. We had a full show today uh, jam-packed with info uh, regarding this week in football and baseball. Uh, right now, we're going to recap all of our picks in case you weren't listening 
in case you need a little reminder. Starting off with Sean Higgs baseball picks. Phillies at Nationals taking the under nine in that one. Red Sox Rays taking the run line minus one and a half and the over eight and a half. And moving on to our college football picks with Tony T. Navy in their triple option offense at Memphis taking Navy plus ten and a half. It's been wild uh, what some of those triple option offenses have done to some of these big name teams. You saw the Michigan game. They almost beat Michigan. Uh, not Navy, but Army. Uh, Penn State, Maryland taking Maryland plus seven. Virginia at Notre Dame taking Virginia and the points plus 11. Even though I do think Notre Dame played pretty well. Uh, against Georgia. I thought their defense looked especially well against one of the best run attacks in all of college football. However, I think Georgia did play call very conservatively. They wanted to run down that defense and eventually they did, uh, but they didn't cover. So I know some people were probably mad about that. But yeah, it's been a great show. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place, 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern for Picks and Parlays Radio with more bets, more ways to win and more banter when it comes to sports. Bet, win, repeat. We'll be back tomorrow on Picks and Parlays Radio. See you then. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.